Thank you for joining us. Remember, you can watch our services live and view our archive at StevensCreekChurch.com, the Stevens Creek app, or on our Roku channel. And if our ministries have touched your life, we'd love to hear about it. Send us an email to mystory@stevenscreekchurch.com. We hope today's message encourages and inspires you. Enjoy the message. Good afternoon, Stevens Creek. How you feeling? Yeah. Oh, y'all awake 12. Y'all didn't slip. Good. All right. I'm so glad that you guys are here. I'm excited about um, this afternoon and getting a chance to share in our third week of uh, our series, Glory. And for those of you who are watching in our video venue and watching online, we are grateful that you are here. Can we give it up to those who are watching via technology? We're so glad you joined us today. And um, this week we're going to dive into a familiar passage, but we're going to talk about fear a little bit. So if you have your Bibles, go with me to Luke chapter 2, started at the 8th verse. Luke chapter 2, starting at the 8th verse. And it reads, in the same region there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. Let's talk about fear not. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for this day and the opportunity to share your word. I pray that you would give us ears to hear and a heart to receive what you would say to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So uh, fear is an interesting concept. Um, I've heard this acronym used before, false evidence appearing real. Fear is an aversion to something that may happen that hasn't already happened yet. And when I think about fear, I think the root of fear really is control. When I lose control or don't have control on what is going to come, I can become afraid. When I cannot, I don't know what's going to happen next or I don't have control over what's going to happen next, it can cause fear to arise in my life. And while I was reflecting on this, I remembered a story um, that my mom reminded me of about a week ago. And uh, it was the time where we tricked my mom into getting on a roller coaster with us. Um, The first time we ever went to Disney was we were adults and uh, me, my mom and my sister were at the ride called Space Mountain. And so my mom had already decided that she wasn't going to get on the roller coaster. But I looked at my sister and said, we're going to do this today. Uh, My mom has an aversion or fear of heights. And not only was uh, Space Mountain very high, but if uh, if you've ever been, this is one of the only roller coasters that is completely in darkness. It is inside, but all the heights and the drops are happening where you cannot see. You don't know what's going to happen next. This was exciting. So she uh, gets close to the ride and we say, mom, we won't be able to find you after. Why don't you just come with us? Wait in the line. We didn't have fast passes y'all. And we waited in the line over an hour and we said to her, when we get to the front, you can just move over to the next side. And when we get done with the ride, we can all walk down together. 
Little did she know that when we got up to the front, we changed the rules on her. We said, oh, they don't allow you to do that, mom. You have to buckle in. You got to do it quickly or else we're going to get in trouble. And in her confusion, she buckles herself in. She sits down and then her senses come back to her as the ride begins to move. And she says, wait, wait, wait a minute. You need to stop. And a uh, little context, y'all. Uh, my mom is Jamaican. And here's the truth and the reality is that whatever is in you is going to come out of you when you are fearful. So if you called her now, she would be nice, sweet, have an American accent and say, hello, how are you? But in that moment where fear began to arise in her, she began to speak in her natural dialect, which is a, a dialect of English called Patois that is spoken in Jamaica. And she only said about four or five words, but she's just said them over and over. Lord, Jesus, save me. Mercy, mercy. She hollered and screamed the whole ride, y'all. It was the funniest thing. And I know some of you mothers are wagging your finger at me like, just pray for me. The Lord's still working on me. All right. But the, the, the truth is she, she screamed the entire ride because she was afraid of what was going to happen next. And she didn't know how it was going to end. And many of us in this room find ourselves in a similar predicament. We wear plastic smiles to disguise the fact that we are battling daily. You see, there is a situation, a dilemma. There is something that is in front of us that we are fearful of. We're not sure how it's going to work out. It is out of our hands, out of our control. And we are afraid because we don't know what the next step is going to be. You're not the only one to ever feel this way. In fact, the people in our text had a similar encounter. You see, they were in the fields minding their own business, watching their sheep. And in the midst of that, they have an encounter with God's glory and they become afraid. The main purpose of our text is to announce the birth of Jesus. But I feel like in this, uh, in these short verses, there are some insights into living a life without fear. Insights into uh, living a, a fear not kind of life that I believe this uh, text teaches us. And there's four things that we don't have to ever be afraid of because the glory has arrived, because the glory has shown up. And here's the first thing is that we do not have to fear obscurity. You see, these shepherds were isolated and put away, not just because that they were in the fields watching sheep, but their very occupation made them the lowest of the lows in society. They were looked down upon. They were criticized. They were dismissed from conversations and gatherings, and they were pushed to the side, and they were isolated. They were in an obscure place. But can I tell you that even in their place of obscurity, God showed up and met them right where they were. And that's the good news for you that no matter where you find yourself looking for significance, wanting to live a life that matters, that God will find you. His glory will show up right where you are. And here's the truth of the matter, that God's glory shows up in our lives well before other people see it. 
You see, God does a work in you privately before he displays it publicly. That God wants to work in you and allow you to experience his glory in private before he ever shows anybody what he has for you in public. So I know you might be discouraged because it seems like you haven't been put on the platform or your name hasn't been put in lights or you're looking and you're feeling stuck in your career, stuck on your job, stuck in whatever area you are. But here's the truth of the matter that if we will be willing to trust God in the places that he places us he will show up and his glory will begin to make a difference and make a change in our life and this is what happens to the shepherd that while they were there God's glory shows up in their life the truth that we can glean from this is staying faithful to your calling creates opportunities for God's glory to show up in your life That when we are faithful to what God has placed in front of us, that when we stop looking at what everybody else is doing and focus on the plan and the task that God has given us, that it creates opportunities for God's glory to visit us. This happens in the life of the shepherds, but there's another example of this found in Judges chapter 6, verse 11 and 12. It is the story of Gideon. And Gideon was the lowest of the low in his family. He was uh, rejected by most of his brothers and his father, but he was faithful to the assignment that he had. The scripture said he was sharing wheat to keep it away from the Midianites who would come and steal it. And while he was staying faithful in obscurity and isolation, God's glory comes and visits him. And begins to declare in him what he will be before he ever became it. He says, you are a mighty man, a mighty warrior. And this is what God glory does. And that's why you have to be thankful for your obscure uh, place. Thankful for where God places you. And stay faithful there because God is developing you. He's preparing you. He's allowing his glory to visit you privately before he does it publicly. The truth of the matter is, no matter who doesn't remember you, God will remember you even when everyone, no one else does. When you think that no one is paying attention, scripture says he knows the number of hairs on your head. That he cares for you and he remembers you. And although the the shepherds were in this isolated field, God remembered them and showed up in their life. Here's the second thing that we don't have to be afraid of. We don't have to fear change. This is a good one, y'all. Because most of us really don't like change. And here's the issue is that we don't like change because it's different from what we had before. And different is outside of the realm of our control and it causes us to be adverse or to be cautious about change. But the truth of the matter is God's glory transforms everything it comes into contact with. 
God does not come in contact with anything and leave it the same. His glory transforms whatever it comes into contact with. Some of you today, you're different because you have experienced the glory of God. You, you, if you could just peel back the memory a little bit, I know it's kind of hard because you see yourself now, but if you look back just a little bit and see how God's uh, impact or his glory in your life has transformed you. It will never leave you the same. This is what happens to the shepherds. See, Luke chapter 2 and verse 9 says, And the angel of the Lord, an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. You see, the fear came because what they experienced was different than what they were expecting. But they were transformed by that experience. Because verse 20 in that same chapter tells us that they went glorifying and praising God. So they went from just watching to participating. Whatever it is in your life, when the glory of God comes in contact with it, it will transform it. And we don't have to be afraid of change when it's uh, because of the glory of God. Because the glory always changes things for the better. God does not take away from our life and diminish it, but he adds to it. In fact, scripture says that he has come that we might have life and have it more abundantly. He wants to add to your life. And the glory, when it changes things in your life, it changes it for the better. It makes things better. So what happens in the shepherd's life. Their life gets better from this encounter with the glory. It changes the circumstance. And this has been the message of scripture that God has always been telling us that I have a better way. I have a better plan for your life. In John chapter 8 and verse 12, Jesus repeats this. He says, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness. Walking in dark darkness is a choice because you will have the light that leads to life. He's saying, I have a better way and my glory transforms it and it changes things in your life for the better. It transforms it in a way that will help you be better. And so in this dark night of the shepherd's experience, God's glory shows up and brings light to it. And what we can learn from this is the glory brings light to our darkest nights. So whatever you're facing, Whatever you're going through, whatever trials and storms that have uh, come against you, the good news is, is that God's glory brings light to our darkest nights. Uh, the psalmist said it a little bit like this, that weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Whatever you're facing is temporary. It has an expiration date. And that expiration date is whenever God's glory begins to arise. In, in Ezekiel chapter 43, he paints this imagery 
of the sun breaking through the darkness of night and he's saying that the glory of the Lord is shining from east to west he, he's moving in other words that whatever is uh, in darkness he is dispelling it he is pushing it back and for you today that is exactly what God wants to do in your life his glory has come to change your situations to change your circumstances to fix the broken places to heal the wounded places his glory has come to make things better and whatever giant is in your way whatever mountain is in your way whatever obstacle it has to bow to the glory of God his glory is greater than whatever you're facing and we don't have to fear change because we know who's in charge of the things that are changing Here's the third thing that you don't have to fear. Is you don't have to fear God's word. You know, it amazed me as I looked through scripture, how apprehensive people were to God speaking. Every time an angel of the Lord showed up, literally his next line was almost always, fear not. Uh, when the the spirit of the Lord or God uh, in the book of Exodus came down to speak to the Israelites. They looked at Moses and said, no, no, this is too scary. You go up and talk to God and come back and tell us what he said. Telephone. I, I don't, I, we're, we're afraid of this. In the book of first Samuel, the 16th chapter, when Samuel comes to anoint David as king, the people come out and say, Samuel, do you come in peace? What is going on? What do you have to say? They were so afraid of the word of God. But can I tell you that the word of God is a benefit and an asset to our life. Psalms 119, 105 says it like this, that the word is, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. God's word has come to illuminate our life, to lift our life, to give us insight, to give us vision, 2020 vision, if you will. He, he, he has come to make things better. Here's a thought. We could say it like this, that God's word has come to enhance our life and not to limit our life. Scripture is not just a book of rules, but it is insight. It is uh, uh, instructions on how to live, how to live life the way that uh, God intended for us, how to live life the best way to get the most out of our potential and our talent and the gifts that he has given us. Scripture is a guideline to live in the best life that God has for us. Look at what Psalms 19 verse 7 and 8 says. It says, the instructions of the Lord are perfect, reviving the soul. The decrees of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. If you want wisdom, it's in the word. The commandments of the Lord are right, bringing joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are clear, giving insight for living. It's important for us to read our word every day because it helps us grow. In the book of Isaiah, he says, you will hear my voice. The, uh, the word voice is indicative of his word in your ear telling you whether to go to the left or to the right. And God does not want you to have this separate relationship that you have to hear from him secondhand. He's given us his word so that you can hear from him directly. 
You don't have to fear his word. Because it's a blessing to your life. It's an asset. It will help you be the best version of yourself that you can be. It will lead and order your steps. It will prevent you from walking into difficult places. It will kind of keep you from the wrong kind of company. It will guide your life. It will be a guardrail for you if we are willing to hear his words. And for the shepherds, in the midst of their fear... The angel announces a word that changes their whole entire existence. Verse 10 and 11, he says, fear not. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. This revolutionizes and changes everything. This word from the Lord changes their entire existence. And it leads us to our fourth, fourth point. And this is the whole reason why we're here. Is that we don't ever have to fear again because Jesus has come. Uh, we can say like the southern theologian, uh, Brother Bone Crusher, I ain't never scared. Because Jesus has come. And I don't want us to read through this verse so quickly that we miss the significance of all of what the angel is trying to say in this uh, short verse. He's unpacking a lot of information. Here's the first thing that he's revealing to them is location. He says, born in the city of David. Now, the city of David is... Um, another name for Bethlehem. It would be like if somebody said the home of the masters, everyone would know that is Augusta, Georgia. Or maybe not. I don't know. That's what I know. And so he gives them a location. Here's why he has to tell them location because there have been others who came before who looked the part, but they came from the wrong place. And the scripture said that the one who is able to save will come from Bethlehem. So when he says this child is born in Bethlehem, it validates everything else he is about to say. Here's the second thing that he does. He reveals the assignment. He says it is the savior. So in the city of Bethlehem, in the right location, the one is born for the assignment. He is the savior. And this has been God's plan all along is to reconnect humanity with himself since the fall from Genesis 3 and 15. He makes this promise to humanity that he is going to destroy the enemy that has caused this schism and break between God and humanity. And now is the time that this savior is born. Now he has come in and he is able to accomplish the assignment. Next thing that he reveals is the person. When he says who, this is a, a, a pronoun, he is really talking about Jesus. And so the sentence could read at the end, Jesus is Christ the Lord. But here, here's the really good part, y'all, and this is where I got excited. I've been shouting to myself all week. You can ask anybody who, who's on staff here. Here's the really good part. And, and sorry to burst some of y'all bubbles. Christ is not Jesus' last name. Okay? That's not his last name. Christ is a descriptive term of who Jesus is. 
You see, the word Christ means anointed or anointed one. And what that speaks to is having sufficient ability for the assignment on his life. And so what he is saying here, what the angel is saying, he's saying, yep, there is uh, the right location. The savior is born and this person is Jesus. And now Jesus is Christ. He is the one with sufficient ability. But then he says, the Lord, here's the second part. He's saying that he has positional authority. Now, let me help y'all uh, put this in terms you may understand. About half of y'all in here work for somebody who has positional authority, but don't have sufficient ability. Mm -hmm. Those of you who didn't laugh, you probably that boss they talking about right now. Here's the reason why he had to break it down like this is because there had been things that came that looked like it could be sufficient. Things that came that looked like it could take that place. But they were both inadequate. And then there are things in our lives that we think has the ability to make us happy, has the ability to make us joy and uh, joyful. There are things that we think have the positional authority to approve us, affirm us, and make us feel all the things that we want to feel. But here's the thing. There is only one who is the fullness of both things. There is only one who has sufficient ability and positional authority, and that one is Jesus. And when you combine the two, what you get is perpetual victory. If I could say it in the words of the southern uh, folks, all I do is win. When I have Jesus, I win over and over and over again. This, this means it never ends. That when I align with Jesus, I got the one who can handle everything. He can push back every storm. He can speak to the winds and the waves. He can speak to my giants and my mountains and the things I'm suffering with. He has the positional authority also to step into that place and take control because of Jesus we have victory I can imagine that this is what the psalmist uh, was referring to in Psalms 24 he said lift up your heads O ye gates and be lifted up ye everlasting doors and the king of glory shall come in who is this king of glory the Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. If we cha-cha slide over to Psalms 27, I think David caught a glimpse of this as well. He says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even my enemies and my foes came to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though a host encamp around me, my heart shall not fear. This is the good news. And this is the word of the Lord to you today. Fear not. I know you're wondering how long is it going to take. And it's, it seems like it's been forever. Here's the word of the Lord for you. Fear not. I, I know it seems the diagnosis is bad. And the prognosis is bad. But here's the word of the Lord for you today. Fear not. I know it seems like your marriage is on the ropes and you're getting ready to give in. Hear the word of the Lord. Fear not. 
I know you're in a financial dilemma and it seems like you can't see a way forward, but hear the word of the Lord. Fear not. What God is saying is trust in me. I've got this. I've got sufficient ability. I'm in positional authority and I will give you victory. Here's the good news. And this is the bottom line. God's glory has come to dispel our fears and replace it with the joy and victory found in Jesus. He's come to remove the fear and exchange it for the joy and victory found in Jesus. Maybe today you're here and you're saying, I got some fears. My prayer is today you lay it down and pick up what God is trying to give you. But maybe you're here today and you're afraid to take your next step. And your next step would be saying yes to Jesus. And you're saying, what if I don't get it right? What if I do it wrong? What, what if I mess up? Here's my word to you. Here's the Lord's word to you. Fear not. Just say yes to him. Take his hand and he will walk you through this. Let's pray. God, thank you for your word that has been declared today. Thank you for allowing us to hear what you are saying to us. You're telling us not to be afraid. Your word declares that you have not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. And I speak now to every mind that is in chaos. And I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus that it comes into alignment. That it focuses attention on you and not the cares and the worries. Help us, God, not to be fearful of obscurity, knowing that you have a plan. Help us, God, not to fear change because your glory is transforming us for the better. Allow us, God, not to be fearful of your word because it's directing our paths. And God, allow us to know that we never have to be fearful again because you have sent your son Jesus to change our lives. And God, for the person who has not said yes to Jesus today, I pray today would be their day. That they would pray this simple prayer with me, Lord Jesus, save me change me make me into who you want me to be and God I pray that every person under the sound of my voice every person watching that you would release the spirit of freedom over them God that Lord Jesus the shackles and bondages of fear would be broken in the name of the Lord Jesus Lord your word declares that your anointing breaks yokes and I pray now that you would release favor that you would release freedom God that you would have your way in our lives that we would receive what you are giving us the joy the freedom the peace the love the hope that is found in Jesus and we pray all these things in the name above every name in the name of Jesus we pray and every believer say amen amen and amen thanks for listening if you would like to help support the ministries of Stevens Creek Church please go to StevensCreekChurch.com and click the give button See you next time.